Howdy. This episode contains us talking a little bit about Black Friday, and I had this thought go through my head, because clearly this is coming out after Black Friday, that what if I go and just trim out all that Black Friday talk? It's taking up space, it's it's irrelevant. Uh, and then I thought that that's too much work, so I would do this instead, because you know what? In like three months, someone who might have just jumped on this podcast will be all like, oh, well, Black Friday was in the past, whatever. It's only going to matter for like this little window of, of, of two or three weeks, so uh, so I just left it in. Fight me. What the f*** is going on down there? If I had the chance to to portray a murder hobo in in a in a setting where you know maybe there was a slight less you know slightly less risk of blowback for for being a, a murder hobo, I'd be a murder hobo. Hmm. It's homeless? All, no, not homeless. Your home is murder. You're not actually homeless. That's just what the world thinks you are. Well, technically, hobos are riding the rails. Yeah, you're riding the rails of blood yeah. on the edge of a knife, the knife that you're holding in your hand. Hi, Seth. Welcome to WTFTFW. Hey. Things got weird in here. Yeah. But Whoa. they're okay now. Yeah, it's all good. Uh, Seth, we're... Uh, Hi. We're, we're, we're coming up on your, uh, your, your big American holiday, Black Friday. Uh, oh, boy. It's a big holiday I can't you wait. all celebrate. All this the is the most miserable time of the year at work. And it started. It's already started. The week yeah. leading up to Black Friday and the week of Black Friday are just real bad times at work. And I can't wait until we get to the other side of Black Friday so things could settle down a little bit. I, did, I didn't know you hated tradition so much. Yeah, the, well, the you fine, know. The fine American tradition of Black Friday. It's been around since the, the colonies. It's, uh, it's a hallmark of culture. I'm a uh, new traditionalist. Okay. Well, uh, we're going to be maintaining one old tradition, which is we're going to answer some listener questions. Are you ready? Oh, are I'm you, always ready. Are you I'm ready? I'm never right. not ready. We've oh, were you one. doing the DX thing? No, but it, it occurred to me right afterwards that it <laughs> sounded like a real half-assed DX opening. Because DX, you got to have that more like, uh, what is it? That real 90s whine to the voice. Yeah. Like, are you ready? Yeah, That's all the f- fake Rage Against the Machine ring music yeah. that they had during that era. <laughs> yeah, with the the real... Okay, well, the other thing I remember is the kind of painfully fake chuckle in the beginning. I feel like at some point that guy also goes like, <laughs> I forgot why. But it's like, are you, we're gonna... <laughs> old man! <laughs> we're the young generation... <laughs> This ain't your daddy's pro wrestling. <laughs> Hope you all like my cover of the Generation X opening theme version 2. Uh, this listener question comes from Spine98. who says, hello, podcasters. When I got back into collecting, I dug out all my original Transformers from my childhood. I'm happy to say that I still have most of the original ones. However... There are a few I sold, semicolon. Namely, my collection of G1 Micromasters. I didn't have all of them, only six or seven teams. The fact that I sold them began to bother me about a year ago, and I debated tracking down replacements, but I never did. 
When they announced new MicroMasters for the Siege line, I was super happy. I personally hope we get all four members of each team, but two is a great start. So here's my question. Have you ever regretted selling or missing out on something only to see that a new version is coming out, which you felt would be a good replacement? If so, what? I apologize if this has been asked before. I hope to hear from all of you soon. Spine98. Uh, I definitely can think of a few more modern examples, uh, but Seth, you ever had that happen where you were like, oh man, and it's almost like the universe answered you by saying, don't worry, something better is coming out. Yeah, I'm trying to remember, like, it it wasn't Transformers, though. I, I can... Was that just a shattering glass sound effect? Uh, that was my phone. I have, uh, no. <laughs> I, I, there, okay, full disclosure, there is a small piece of business business I have to do during this podcast in which I will be running to my door and then back again, uh, which I th- actually meant to tell you about, Seth, and I forgot. <laughs> this is a dirty business. Uh, it's dirty business involving dirty toys. Oh, dirty. Anyway, um, God, but I'm trying to remember what it was. Like, it might have been a case of, like... Oh, I missed out on this Revel Tech, and then Figma did something better or something. I think it must have been something like that that I'm trying to not be able to remember, uh, or that I'm ex- not that I'm trying to not remember the, the, but something like that that I'm not remembering. I, I will forget. That's literally uh, a scenario I've been through many times that actually helped me stop pre-ordering stuff is the number of times that, for instance, I would miss a pre-order and I'd be real busted up about it. A year would pass, and then already, like, something at least similar would be coming out, and I'd feel like, hey, maybe it's okay, I missed that pre-order. Um, so, like, like a lot of non-Transformer stuff, like like you're saying, like, when Figma and uh, and Reveltech had the same license, or, or you know, Figma and Fig Arts, um, you know, maybe you feel, feel bad, like, oh, everyone said that Darth Vader toy was really good, and then it turns out there are going to be 50 Darth Vader toys that are all very similar. Uh, over the course of the years uh transformers wise though uh i think that a lot of g1 has been this for me because i when i was a little kid and all i had were the pamphlets before i even had the internet i would kind of lust after a lot of g1 toys i didn't have and then decades would pass i still would never have picked them up because by the time i was going to conventions i was more enthralled with newer engineering and then a new version of that g1 toy would come out and i'd feel like well now i super don't need the g1 version because this new one is better uh, and I, I can't even count how many times that's happened now. Uh, if I had skipped Encore Fortress Maximus, uh, that probably would have actually been the case if I had handled a Fort Max more beforehand. As much as I like my Encore Fort Max, uh, within about a year, that thing became less of a cool toy and more of a uh, use of an entire bottom third of a bookshelf. And it now happily resides uh, over on the West Coast <laughs> with all my other G1 toys. Um, so yeah, it's definitely happened. The MicroMasters thing, I could totally see that. Um, and I'll, I'll throw it in there because it sounds like I'm totally just farting all over 80s toys. There's a completely unique draw to 80s toys. Uh, I just don't really have it anymore for Transformers because they were literally my childhood without them disappearing from my childhood. So there was never any time for a glory. Like the glorious G1 return happened in like 03, 04 with those reissues. So, yeah. uh, so now a lot, of, a lot like even like recently, I never had the monster bots, and then now you know Repugnus, uh, now Twin Fire and uh, Grow Tusk have all gotten new toys that are all pretty darn good, and that's by monster bots. <laughs> um, and also like 
one other place this kind of applies is like with a lot of third party items where it might be a character a bunch of people are doing and you don't necessarily know everyone's doing it at once. Uh, one version comes out and you're like, oh, I heard that thing was pretty cool. And then a company that maybe you like more, in my case, uh, does their own version and it feels like, hey, it's all right that I missed one of the other versions of these characters because it seems like a company who I know clicks with me more is actually doing them themselves. Uh, so that that happens too. And Seth, that kind of brings us somewhat sideways to our main topic of the day. Uh, there was an interview recently with uh, Alexander Kubalski. Uh, I have not listened to the interview yet. I got the impression from the thread that it was uh, an audio deal. Um, I'm just now realizing I should go and double check if it was an audio deal. Because I, I just read the front page item and then I skimmed the thread and uh, and got a whole lot out of that. Oh, you know what? Uh, I like leaving these in. It wasn't an audio interview. It was actually a full-on article that's incredibly detailed. Now I kind of wish I'd, I'd skimmed through a bit more. <laughs> uh i pulled this topic list and then had to go do something uh so bully on me because th- th- yeah this is this is really obvious with this with a thing right up front so uh alexander kowalski in this in this interview at least like the excerpts i looked at he's he's worked on transformers before he was working on uh, animated he worked on uh, the 07 08 movie lines um he did a, he, he worked on animated bumblebee's transformation uh, uh he worked on the uh game controller gorilla dude from real gear uh one of the best things i saw on the thread was someone saying did that game controller gorilla dude ever come out because i think it did but i can't remember but it looks really awesome and then <laughs> someone was like hey i got good news for you <laughs> that thing did come out and it is really awesome um but the main thing about this I, I wanted to bring up that i liked is that he mentioned being one of the ones to uh if not the one to really push for having transformers have more of a natural stance uh that he refers to as the Kowalski S. I've always called that kind of thing the S uh, stance or the S curve in the spine and hips, which I think looks really awesome. And it's cool to see uh, someone like straight up mention it as as something that was that was developed when they were working on the line. And I, I recognize it was developed when they were working on the line. Uh, that and signature transformation, like how animated Bumblebee kind of break dances as he transforms. That is definitely a thing that has appeared in animated and other lines. Uh, and it's also one of my favorite things because it, it makes transformation less of a mechanical process and more like an actual part of the experience, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, Seth, uh, I'm just going to quickly bing through the interview article was there anything that caught your eye just in like the front page version besides his crazy photo that makes him look like one of the mcpoils it's a real like uh mug shot of a photo <laughs> uh I, I guess it's by intent he just it looks very much like something's about to happen <laughs> or yeah, some, well, something happened just as the camera clicked yeah the first thing that jumps out when scrolling through this this uh posting about it are the pictures and uh some of these images are crazy that he would be able to draw like this i mean just like the the mechanical drawings oh the explosion bananas well no like the ones that like like uh the the movie camaro bumblebee like the graph paper drawing of ah yeah yeah of the vehicle mode where he like draws all the parts folded up inside like an x-ray yeah um like i don't even know how someone's brain works like that it's, it's amazing to me those are the people where i'm like not like someone who could do that 
It's like, now give them CAD. And, like, they're going to be next level, basically. <laughs> like, if they can do all of that just on graph paper and in their head, like, then if they get a 3D representation to work with afterwards. And I, I don't I don't know the path of Alex's career, so that probably is... That may well just be what happened. But that that graph paper thing is also something that I think people who work on Transformers have brought up years ago as, like, the Takara Tomy method. And, uh... And it's it's really badass that like yeah like you're saying a brain can just work like that. Um, Seth, I just got to step away for a second. All right, I'll I'll talk about him behind his back. You know the thing of Chris, I mean, Vangelis, is he likes these card games and it's like just play poker, man. Like why you got to like play crazy card games? Like, I don't know. And, uh, and like where he's all like, Oh, there's a Transformers card game and we don't have it in Canada yet. So I had to get it from America and it was probably more expensive. I don't know if they'll ever have it in Canada. Like I, I go to target. I just see it. I just see it sitting there and I, and I don't buy it. I don't buy it out of spite. Also those, I don't, I don't like those kind of games collectible card games I, I tried playing magic like when it first came out and i was like whatever this isn't cool play warhammer that's cool is it though i mean huh? like it, some things are pretty cool but is it cool or is it just like ah, cool no it's cool it's what the cool All kids right. do well i've done my dirty business now yeah I bet. Uh, no one need know what we do with fans' toys, vampire robots, except film them and then give them back. Uh, but Seth, I, I, there was one other thing about this interview that, that is really worth bringing up, and it is like front and center at the very top of the interview. Oh, what is it? Uh, it is that Alex Kowalski currently works uh, on the Ocular Max third-party toy line. Uh, the very first image after his mugshot <laughs> is <laughs> an image of their upcoming RC, uh, where the stealth version came out at TFCon Chicago and I picked it up and it's a really good RC toy. Uh, so connecting together that he went from working on, uh, some pretty good transformers to uh, like the first masterpiece style RC where I actually like the transformation sort of connects a lot of dots for me <laughs> with that. Because the, the Ocular Max RC has a transformation that feels very much like a series of actual motions, whereas, uh, easiest example, the Fans Toys RC that I messed with uh, for a couple days had a transformation that had moments that were tied together with what felt like a computer trying to mimic a human, basically, where it's like, how do we get these, how do we get this part to get over here? Put it on an articulated stick, or, or you know, like multiple times, the solution being put it on a rod that has a joint on the bottom, which is like a very inhuman, very computer mind way of, of dealing with a problem like that. Whereas Alex's uh, RC is is doing uh, transformation wise something that's a lot more interesting, and then by virtue of that, a lot more easy as well. It's just the parts fold like a transformer. Um, but yeah, apparently, according to the thread as well, he's worked on uh, at least had hands on most all of Ocular Max uh, in some way or another. So uh, that that's kind of cool. Um, yeah, that's interesting because I always thought like the goal of a third party person would be to go legit, but it seems like there's a lot of, maybe not a lot of, 
there's several examples of people going the other way. Yeah. I mean, I guess when when it, when you think about it another way, it's it's also going from like, you know, working for a corporation to like being able to go freelance to some degree. Uh-huh. And and that's not, that's that's it's never it's never a one-way street is what I've learned. Uh freelance can can end up being the end goal for some folks. Um, you know, being your own boss, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, also shouts out, uh, one of the photo, the photo in here, uh, of the cassette robots from Ocular Max, uh, that are all over the, the boom box. Um, the, that, that was a photo taken by a renowned third party photographer, uh, Magic Man, uh, who I happen to know uh, personally. Uh, he'll never listen to this podcast and that's why I'm okay to call him Magic Man. But yeah, uh, cool interview. Uh, more interviews with people who work on the toy side of Transformers is something that I always want to see, especially when uh, it turns out they're an article I can read later. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna check out more of this later on. I really like I really like yeah. the bits I've already read. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, Seth, what did you do while I was doing my dirty business, or am I just gonna find out? I, when I, I talked to the people. Okay, okay, good. Like they they need to hear it. Whatever yeah. it was. Oh, they needed to hear it. All right. Yeah. Some. Uh, it's about time. Um, finally, finally. Um, because I, I have another listener question for us. Oh, if you want to cool. talk to the people even more, like directly I'm to one of it. the people. Yeah. Let's right. talk to Optimus underscore Prime. That's actually two underscores, I think. Double underscores. Confirmed. Just highlighted it. Double Single underscore. underscore was probably taken. Yeah. Also a zero instead of the O because we're like just stacking it all. Like it's it's Optimus oh. Prime, but is I it? I thought he was just Leet. Maybe this is like an elite Optimus Prime. No, just Leet, not Elite. No, no, uh, Elite would have been one underscore, but now that there's two, that's another step above. That's where the E comes back, and it's not a three; it's just the letter E. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, the question reads: Greetings, Vangelis, and the podcast itcons. I come to you with a question to tickle your fancy and give you a chance to reflect on the wonders of today and yesteryear. As oh, my fancy. Who, Don't tickle my fancy. Yeah, we're coming for it. As someone who's been collecting on and off for the past decade, I can't help but notice how plastic has become thinner on toys than previous toy lines. While figures like Studio Series Optimus Prime are fantastic, I can't help but miss the hefty chunkiness that were present with the Cybertron and 2006 classic lines. That being said, was there a particular era or toy line of the Transformers franchise that delighted you the most on a tactile level? Thank you for 10 years of entertainment, and may you all enjoy to do this podcast for many more. Click. A uh, little, here's your trivia for the day, in case you didn't know. Uh, part of the reason why the plastic got thinner is the the journey from 2013 until, I'd say, around 2016, at least, of, like, a lot of toys, Transformers included, trying to, to figure out the rising cost of oil and steel mold use. And part of that was making the plastic be thinner, having more, um, how do you put it? non-visible from the front uh hollow spots yeah um, i love those hollow spots they're the best part especially in the forearms those are seth's favorite <laughs> we call that the seth gap uh but uh yeah i just figured since that seemed it, it's not the main question but it, it was mentioned i'll just throw it out there like the since i lived through it i lived it man uh that's that's where that all happened but seth uh on a tactile level as far as just like handling figures is there a certain like era that like you just think like man that stuff was fun to grope well there's the nostalgia for 
G1, of course, because I'm a G whiner. Um, but that that original run of classics, I think, is some of my favorite stuff. It, it just seemed like an exciting time. Mm. And uh, that was back when they still would have little flap doors and stuff to hide hide the holes and the gaps and the empty spaces so i thought all that was pretty good uh for me it's it's actually um very lately uh there's been a new hit of like a certain tactile level i'm really liking i think maybe peak for me in mainline would be 2012 ish like right before the the second video game line uh, reveal the shield era. It's 20, 2010, 2011 was really good stuff tactile wise. Although when I went back to mess with some of that stuff that a lot of people say is like, that's the peak of the chug, whatever. Uh, a lot of those designs are thicker toys with a lot more moving parts. They also come off a little bit more sloppy uh, than some of the more modern stuff. Um, I think that more modern stuff being less sloppy is partly due to more constraints of materials. Uh, and there was a period where they were sloppy and had constraints of materials, and that was a real uh, sad era. But lately, I've actually been really liking how much better Transformers is getting at dealing with uh, operating in a smaller space and having smoother stuff happen. Uh, but 20, 2010, 2011 is a pretty good era, if, if a bit of a sloppy era. Um, 2013, uh, thrill, er, 2013, 2014, the Thrilling 30 line, I actually really like as well uh mostly for pieces like orion packs um because i was gonna i was almost gonna say like oh six like cybertron galaxy force would be one as well and it certainly is but it's like thinking about like when i when where my brain goes as far as like this feels great my first answer right now is actually uh masterpiece sunstreaker masterpiece megatron as far as official toys um just the, the 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 current level of masterpiece transformation design and articulation is just like if like that Megatron like feels like a good Figma in in action figure mode, and then also has this transformation that to me feels excellent. And then he's a gun, or it's the same thing for Sunstreaker. Uh, really good articulation uh, for the robot mode. Good transformation leading into a good car mode. Like there's just something something that feels nice about the way the parts smooth out. Masterpiece Ironhide as well. The way that 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 van mode just like you just run your hand across it and you can hear all these little creaks and clicks as everything just like crunches together uh like a snowball except it's not <laughs> um yeah like the modern masterpieces do have a good feel to them um now as far as the feel of just like going through the process of transforming a figure i've been really impressed with some of the more modern stuff like from the last couple lines where they've simplified things but they don't look simple like they got over that whole um movie line years of stuff yeah where they were just super complicated that's that's kind of what i mean about that era that everyone really likes the most out of the last 10 years of being like like those toys were complex you got a lot for your money but also in some ways they were the lack of constriction made some of those toys a bit sloppy like in hindsight like like revenge of the fallen movie toys are like they're doing a million things and sometimes it's cool, but sometimes it's also like this is just happening for the sake of happening, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like I for like a mainline bought off the shelf figure, I don't think I should have to need instructions to figure it out. 
and a lot of that movie stuff was that way and some of that movie stuff was even like these instructions aren't helping me i guess i'll go see if pia has done a video about it yet (laughs) yeah i mean i mean toys nowadays that are mainline off the shelf you can figure out on your own but let's also say the instructions also suck on a lot of like the instructions are at an all-time low right now they're awful so luckily Uh, the figures are figure outable but then the moment the moment there is one thing on a mainline toy that isn't very clear then it it is right back to like all right time to go look at everyone's videos and see if this like is this something everyone figured out gonna go check the feedback thread did people piece together what maybe was missing in the instructions or whatever uh if if there's one thing that hasn't changed it's (laughs) instructions found a way to remain bad um you know bless them (laughs) Uh, anyway, I hope, hope that answers your question, uh, Optimus Prime, with two underscores. Because, um, yeah, I, 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 there's there's a couple toys from that era that I really want to want to pick up again um, and handle, like uh, Straxus. Um, I really want to handle again because I, I got his trading card in the trading card game oh. uh, as Dark Mount. And uh, I remember thinking that toy was, was real bee's knees, if, if definitely rather sloppy. And uh, but it was it was sloppy in a way I kind of liked, so I want to I want to see if it's still got that like positive slop uh, <laughs> going on. Is the is slop is a sloppy card game card? Uh no no he's a pretty solid card game card. He's uh, he's one of the three main tanks that you kind of want to have for a tanks deck. That's that's a deck you can run. Is uh, is tanks? Uh, no, oh, you're welcome. A, see, no one came up with. I was about to say, no one came up with a good. Uh, silly deck name for it yet and I was like when are we going to get someone whose deck is actually they could back it up and say this is my deck brew that I call tanks for the memory well how many tanks do you have in your tank deck uh, generally it's three it's uh, common T3. Megatron T3 alright alright I can well okay I'll tell you what it is it's, it's common Megatron the common Megatron uh, Demolishor maybe you remember him from Armada and Lord Straxus aka Darkman Okay, Megatron, Demolisher, Straxus. Yeah. I can't think of a good... Demegastruxus. Well, I was seeing if there was an acronym that would have been obnoxious. I was Uh, really hoping the letters would, like, spell something. If you go with a lowercase e... If you go lowercase e off Megatron, you can call it the meds deck. There you go. All right. You're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome, card game community. Correct. I was about to say, TCG community, you can thank us later for that gem. Uh, (laughs) Speaking of Common meds deck. I I love calling them the common megs. Uh, I don't know. There's a common Optimus as well, but just the common megs. It, 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 It mixes with Megatron's current, you know unified backstory of being the common working man who who had enough and uh and decided to fight back against a system that was unjust and then fought back too hard or too far yeah. so could you shorten common optimus to comps um I, I guess you could he's the comps uh or the come optimus that's not really shortening anything, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Tom Optimus Prime. I added 
I more added syllables. A syllable. <laughs> well, I mean, common, right? I subtracted the mun off of that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Respect my craft. Uh, I'm a linguist. That, that reminds me, today was uh, um, the penultimate issue of IDW's Transformers comics. Pen. Penultimate. It's the second to last one, right? It's penultimate. Penultimate would be like all final, wouldn't it? We got linguists. I thought it was. Yeah, linguists who listen to this. I think we just pronounce it differently. Oh, yes. It's It's okay. It's okay. Moving on. But the penultimate issue, Unicron issue number six of six, uh, came out, leaving only Optimus Prime issue number 25 to go uh, before the IDW universe is over and its Chris McFeely epilogue is on the horizon. Um, so I read that issue today and, and I was I was happy. I was worried about a bunch of things that could have happened. And uh, once again, John Barber proved to me that he's got a good head on his shoulders and he, he doesn't go crazy. Um, he still still went a little bit nuts here and there, but uh, he did the right thing in the right place. And uh, and I was satisfied with it. I got to read it one more time. Uh, but yeah, that that continuity is almost closed up. And I, I was telling someone the other day, I am I am looking forward. I mean, this is a fifteen, fifteen, no, thirteen year old continuity. Uh, so it's it's longer in the tooth than most Transformers continuities. But I'm waiting for the cycle to happen to it, where inevitably any Transformers series that ends eventually is referred to by someone who currently hates it as so much better than whatever is out right now. And uh, it's a long game on IDW, but I'm, I'm, I can't wait until I see the first one of those happen. Um, That's the, like, geek culture cycle of life. Yeah. The new thing is hated until it's the old thing, and then it's beloved. But usually that cycle is maybe five or six years. So like a thirteen year long one, I'm I'm kind of fascinated by. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, one more issue to go. Uh, I want to give huge hats off and shouts out to everyone working on that stuff. Uh, Alex Millen working his fingers to the bone. Uh, a lot a lot of the the main series artists coming back to contribute on the final issue of Unicron, uh, and it, and and it all just felt, even though it it probably was you know for the sake of deadline constraints, it also felt very organic how all the pages came together it felt like this really is it this is not just in the in the books but in the real world the team's all coming together to finish this off uh and I, i've been enjoying it end of idw has been in my opinion quite solid and uh in about a month or two we're gonna be able to say hey if you want to check out some really good transformers uh, a completed 13 year continuity is sitting right there in, 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 a, in a, a bookshelf or two of hardcovers if you want to have a go at it um Oh, Seth, that reminds me. Did you see... Hang on. Hang on. i got to find this for you. Did you see the previews for one of those Star Trek versus Transformers comics that's coming out in the interim between now and the next continuity? Uh, I saw, like, a picture of a cover or something. Okay. There's some interiors from issue two uh, that got previewed, and I I looked at it, and it looks perfect. You, You know the old Star Trek original series cartoon, right? Yes. Like, the best version of Star Trek, basically. Uh, is my opinion. Uh, so here I'll link you. Um, cause this is basically drawn like that cartoon and drawn like the eighties transformers cartoon and really well, uh-huh. uh, it, it looks incredible. <laughs> like I'm really into it. Um, you should take, you take a look. Yeah. Scroll that's down. the cover that I had seen. Yeah. Have a scroll down. Take a look at those. I'm interiors. scrolling. I'm scrolling. Take it easy. 
Yeah, have, a, have a look. Have a look. Have a go. <laughs> well, the framing of the pictures is reminiscent of that cartoon, too. Right down to Spock, right? And, like, McCoy's face or, or being, like, yeah. right in the front. Yeah, like... McCoy being way in the <laughs> front and because they didn't, like, have profiles. So yeah. <laughs> characters talking to each other, like, one is standing five feet in front of the other one with his back turned. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm way into how this book is looking. Uh, between this and the Tom Scioli GoBots books, like those basically carrying Transformers until the new continuity, I think is a fantastic scenario. That would have uh, been great if uh, when Optimus Prime wakes up here, he accidentally kills the red shirt guy. That would have been <laughs> on the mark. Isn't that Scotty, though? Uh, probably. He's saying, he's saying gents. Yeah, that's, that's a very sure you can't is. hurt. Is he hiding his hand so nobody sees his stumpy finger? He's got him clenched into semi fists. Yeah, I didn't. That was something that I didn't know until earlier this week. That was no. a big deal. That that um the actor was hiding his severed finger. That was a thing with the original <laughs> Power Rangers. I learned a couple of years ago that like blew my mind. Is the the guy who played Zach, uh, original uh-huh. Black Ranger. Uh, just he has on one of his hands. It's just he was born, I believe, this way, or no, not born this way. He, but it was since like he was a little kid. Um, he he is missing a finger on one hand, and it literally you don't notice it until someone's like, "Did you know that he's only got uh four fingers on one hand?" And you look and you're like, "Whoa!" And then you then you it makes you want to go back and comb through that show with a, with a toothpick looking for all the different framing tricks. But then it's also like I can't deal with watching original Power Rangers that much, no. so I didn't do that. But it, it was it was interesting to learn. Um, I don't know. Uh, but this book, please take a look at it if you can. I I think issue one is out. Now I need to go to Comicsology and get issue one. <laughs> that took me by surprise. Uh, if it's out, um, but yeah, I'm getting myself all mixed up here. Uh, Are you crazy mixed up kids? That's me. I hope Kirk has a fist fight with Megatron at some point. As long as he's using that double axe handle he always uses. Well, it's his signature move. Yeah, <laughs> it needs to actually work too. Like Megatron just has to do a backflip when he takes it to the chin. Uh, apparently, according to the solicits, uh, at some point the the classic Klingons, uh, are working with the Decepticons. Oh, those Klingons. Yep. Those. Uh, oh. Oh, holy crap! It's the Klingons again. The preview for GoBots number one is up too. I didn't see this. Sorry, Seth. I want to take you with me on this little journey here. All right. Uh, I wasn't into the Tom Scioli versus G.I. Joe book very much. It just didn't click with me. But the GoBots book uh, is is going for a more, I guess, straightforward style is not the yeah. right way to put it. But it's going for something that is connecting with me a lot more. <laughs> I had just seen that cover image and was like, well, they're making a choice. I don't know how I feel about um I like the artwork in it. It's it's like this is what I liked about Tom Scioli's artwork in the Versus book, uh, with like not even like a big limiter put on it. It's just it's it's like calmed down a half tone, and it's clicking with me a lot more. Dang, Leader One's just straight up murdering dudes. 
this well, he, <laughs> hardcore. He's, he I was going to say like permission. <laughs> yeah, it, I was going to say like the the art style is reminiscent of some of like those old uh, '80s mini comics. Yeah, that would get produced like there were like those kind of weird uh, He Man ones. Yeah, and I remember GoBot licensed products back in the day. Um, that because in the GoBots cartoon they were shooting lasers out of their fists. They didn't have guns like the Transformers did. And I remember seeing it was like a backpack or I don't remember what it was, but Psykill had and Leader One had like little guns coming out of their their fists and kind of like in this preview comic except for leader one has like a gun on every finger yeah um that this was like a single little gun with like a little muzzle flash and i remember thinking like oh that's they they're actually <laughs> explaining how they're shooting out of their hands it's a cute um, way to parse the gobot like laser fists yeah uh, but yeah, something about it, like the the allow forbid scene, like you know, it's it's all very like old, like you're saying, like it's it's in the style of older older style artwork. But uh, and even like the boom uh, onomatopoeia behind Leader One when he lands, that's that, you know, that's kind of like in that versus GI Joe book. But it it all is just toned down ever so slightly. That it's just it's really working for me a lot more. Like because uh, the the versus GI Joe was definitely intentionally trying to be a bit more of like an almost like Jack Kirby esque like acid trip. Uh, and a lot of people liked it. I, it just was, it was missing me flavor wise. Um, also leader one does have, uh, what's the guy with the mustache from GoBots? I forgot his name now, but the, the main human guy is apparently, uh, piloting leader one in this, or he's the one who's giving the allow command. I forgot there was a dude with a mustache until you said the dude with the mustache. I just remember the kid. Yep. The guy (laughs) with the mustache. (laughs) Um, yeah, but it's like this weird like combination of reminding me of those old mini comics but also being like brutal <laughs> like, did, did you ever see the the panel they showed in previews like a month ago of Psykill just like decapitating no. another robot no oh he, he, but like leader one just like murking these dudes out like <laughs> his, i mean his, his, his rough and then his like buddy said it, go for it yeah and then like his the leader one's dialogue like is so mechanical like are they effectively mech suits like with this the story like a like a friggin ai kind of jarvis situation the the story of this is that like they are the GoBots. They've come to save us. This is a few years later, I think. And <laughs> like, they've now, given up, and they're just going to dust everybody. <laughs> yeah, the, the what the impression I got from the previews is that they're asking the question of like, if these you know heroic alien robots come to save us, what happens after they saved us, and is that all going to be good? And like, that's not like a new story per se, but it's an interesting one to run the GoBots through because um, I feel like it's going to make the storytellers feel less beholden to do certain things. Like there's as much as I like the GoBots, they are not precious characters to a lot of people. Uh, so there, I think there's almost like a sense of this. This will allow a bit of freedom to to play around where a Transformers what if uh, wouldn't feel as free to do so. I don't know. Like this kind of story, I think works better with Transformers because Transformers seem skewed slightly older. 
like even when I was of the target age of both lines, GoBots and especially their cartoon felt like more for younger kids than I was. Mm. I, I think part of that so was to put the GoBots. Yeah, yeah, but like in my head, the GoBots are a little more family friendly than leader one going burnt and I mean, dusting a, a base you, full of dudes you go looking into the gobots cartoon they had some stuff in there that like kind of slipped under the radar of nostalgia like the disassembler combined with the part where gobots are all formerly organic beings that were turned into robots to survive something um and and so like the fact that they they readily are like oh we got to disassemble this gobot it's like you're gonna d- fatally dismember that living thing uh there, there's some, there's some stuff in there gobots was was hamstrung i think by being an 80s hanna-barbera piece but within it there's like a handful of things they're they're kind of neat yeah um i did not see all of gobots i i just i i did a, a synopsis scrub and then i found a few episodes that sounded interesting and i'll maintain the final produced episode of gobots at two cycle was actually a really strong episode of, of an 80s robot cartoon as far as like world building like I'll, I'll say it again they did the current optimus megatron backstory before transformers did in that episode where it's like they they were both uh, friends who worked towards the betterment of their planet, and then one went the wrong way, and they very reg- regretfully uh, became nemeses. Um, and I expect that like that kind of stuff is going to be missed in this book. I'm expecting this book is still going to have more of a surface level um, caring about GoBots, but uh, even then, like something that has that approach usually. That approach means we're going to treat the GoBots like they're all made of feces. Uh, so this this book seems to be like having at least a semblance of reverence for them that is uncommon to me. And that, that's also got, getting my attention. Um, whatever the case, I really want to check this out. If this preview's up, when is this book out? Must be next week or something. Uh, I gotta check that out. Anyway. I have been I've been uh trundling through the front page uh for a little bit here but Seth uh the only other thing that really jumped out at me actually is uh Transformers is up for a toy of the year because we got a big dumb electronic toy so that DJ Bumblebee thing that apparently dances um is up for an award so congratulations us we did it it's a finalist yay for us it's victory uh, it's up against the WWE Sound Slammers. Oh, well, it doesn't stand a chance. I don't know, man. Have you messed with those in the stores? No. I I think I remember what they are. Are they the ones <laughs> yeah. that like know who they're standing next to and then they yell stuff at specific people? Yeah. Okay. I think those are them. That's just RFID games. Toys have been doing that for years. Don't give the WWE that. What do you mean they've been doing it for years? Nobody's been doing it. It's innovative. Not until Vince thought of it. Hey, these toys should be able to shout at each other and know who they're hey, shouting pal. at. Hey. Hey, pal. <laughs> these uh these these action figures, they should know uh they should know who they're talking to. They should know uh when when to when to to step up and grab the brass ring and they should know when to uh uh, when to when to sit back and, and let let a real performer take the uh, take the spotlight? Yeah, do Transformers talk to each other? No, 
Oh, do whoa. Star Wars toys talk to each other? No. Uh, well, they, uh, uh, you know, they kind of have. <laughs> well, yeah, there's those new ones. But so you have to wear the, the thing on your wrist. I mean, that's but dumb. Do you, do you have to have a special box for the Sound Slammers? I, I surely... No, they are the special box. Whoa! <laughs> All right. My ignorance about the WWE Sound Slammers TM is showing. Yeah, look at this horribly like <laughs> misproportioned AJ Styles. He doesn't need a special box. He is the special box. I was about to ask, what do these look like? Because if there's one thing WWE toys are good at doing, it's looking bad. That. Well, okay. I was <laughs> expecting worse. I'm going to say it. Well, the, the AJ Styles of just when I just typed sound slammers in is seems to be the worst one <laughs> like his his it's not like obscene it is the case where his torso not his arms or his head but his torso when you look at it long enough that is a little bit large yeah and his head is like horribly small <laughs> well his head is the same width of his neck you know as any good vince mcmahon backed uh, professional wrestler should be uh he's got the brock lesnar neck you know, where it's just kind of like a thumb. Here's another example. You you might not be able to see it, though. I don't know if it's going to... Oh, this showed up. Copy. That, John, that John Cena looks better. Like, I mean, granted, John Cena's, like, got an obscene torso. <laughs> but, I don't know. It, I mean, that looks on par with most of their John Cena toys I've ever seen. You know, it looks like a dude who works out and the head sculpt looks just wrong enough to be a modern <laughs> WWE toy. <laughs> uh, shouts out to our, to our, to, uh, who was it who does it? Is it Cheers Ian, Ian? Who's like consistently just head swapping around WWE toys to get the good heads onto the good bodies? Yeah. <laughs> like, man. Yeah. <laughs> I like when you Google image search for something specific and like right in the middle of all the results that look exactly like what you were looking for. Something really bizarre ends up in there like that has nothing to do with the thing that you search for. Here's an example. Look at this was guy. A, was it a bird? Was it a. No, it's just a what? weird looking guy. Oh, hi, pal. Okay. <laughs> just in the middle of pictures of wrestling toys. There's this weird looking guy he's, he's the one who's like those heads all look wrong yeah <laughs> listeners can't see him too bad yep. why don't you google sound slammers and look for him yeah <laughs> take part in the activity yeah, uh it's your homework do your homework i also i found that synopsis for star trek versus transformers number three the klingons and the decepticons oh there not both of them laying siege to a remote federation dilithium mine oh of course because megatron's like Put them in energon cubes. <laughs> That's my solution to everything. Also, Soundwave, you know, make some energon cubes. You know why this book's going to be great is check out who's on the cover on the bottom right. One of the reasons why the animated series is the best Star Trek. Because it's, Rumble's blue. No, no, the, the the dude down there in the very front, oh. bottom right. The member, him, it's him and the cat lady, the Good Bridge crew. Uh huh. The ones who were too advanced for Star Trek live action. <laughs> They're my favorites. I'm happy to see them in here. Um, but Seth, that, uh, that that brings us to that time of the day where we say, what did we get this way? What did we get this week? Did we get anything this week? Seth, did you get any Transformers this week? Uh, no, but I have started seeing 
siege figures appear. Wow. But it's like it's all the little like guys that turn into weapons. Oh. So you can not give them ones all that, that I'm excited about. You can give them all to a huffer of some kind. Some kind of huffer. Surely they'll they'll fit onto a huffer. I guess. Why are you trying to huffer bribe me? Yeah, but it's I haven't seen you. any of the uh the actual siege figures yet. Uh, oh burn on those little weapon guys. Wow. Well, I haven't seen Siege yet either, but they haven't shown up anywhere in Canada. Uh, as uh, but usually the pattern for that is all the Americans are scrambling around finding them. I'm sitting here all jealous, and then a month and a half later they show up in Canada during a Toys R Us sale. And then I get them all for the cheap. So that's what I'm fingers crossed hoping for. Uh, it's the right time of year. Unboxing can you day. get that card game in Canada? Uh, next month, I can. That's the, oh. That has been announced. Transformers, Ooh. the TCG, uh, out in Canada in December, uh, with with the big thing on the bottom of the reveal image. Not available in all regions. Only available in English, which is code for not in Quebec, as I under, as I have ever understood it. Maybe I'm wrong this time, but uh, a lot of us were theorizing, like maybe um, Canada's very specific laws about packaging language perhaps has butted into the Transformers TCG. The wording on the bottom of that image makes me think, hey, maybe that's what happened. <laughs> uh, but whatever the case, that game should be out in my country uh, next month. And I'm hype. That game is fun. I just played some last night with my cards. Uh, but I got enough to make multiple decks. So I, I, Whoa. I, You're I, like rich. I am. I brought the decks. Uh, You're like a Transformers card game millionaire. That's right. Just call me... Warren Buffett. Tron. I, yes. Call me that, but not <laughs> Tron, Con. Because I'm the evil one. No. Call me Nemesis, whatever it was you just said. <laughs> Nemesis Bill Gates. That's me. <laughs> uh, so Optimus I, I uh, Elon Musk. <laughs> that That's, I'm more like, well, yeah, I'm Optimus, because I'm, I'm the opposite one. Oh, burn! What? Because I'm the good guy version. The Duh. one that doesn't exist. Who Boy. Yeah. Just, just really sticking it to old musky. We're sinking our fangs into the, the 1% or whatever. Uh, I saw part of your live stream uh, opening card packs. Oh! But Did you say anything? all of it. No, because um, I brought it up on my television through the uh microsoft uh xbox you can't type on your television no you can't see any chats or comments or anything it's kind of (laughs) great oh man um yeah so there was a moment where i thought oh i should pull this up on my laptop so i could harangue him as i enjoy doing but uh i was lazy yeah you know it happens well, thank you for watching it on the TV, no less. It means I was on television. Yeah, you're a TV star. All right. Uh, yeah. It was kind of like the time we saw Jeff Gerstmann in real life, and I talked to him for a minute, and then afterwards my girlfriend was like, that's weird, I've never met anybody that I've seen on my television before. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, I was going to say, if anyone out there continue the the promotion wants to check it out it is on my youtube channel as 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 booster shred stream with an sh uh 
and it is long and we open a booster box of the Transformers TCG and I talked to the people who were watching about the Transformers TCG and that, that was the stream. It was very fun. I'm going to try to do another stream this week because I, I also did that stream with my phone. Uh, you know, otherwise, all my usual equipment, but just with my phone. And I asked people, hey, does this look good and does this sound okay? And everyone's like, it's fine. And I thought, hey, maybe I don't have to simul film everything I stream with a good camera and then spend a million years editing that version together. I could just be a normal person and stream yeah, with a, a telephone. Yeah. Or phone it in. Just phone it in, as they say. You can't see this, but I like just leaned so far back away from my microphone <laughs> and raised my hands so high into the air. My head went through the wall and my hands touched the ceiling. Like that was. <laughs> wow. You're yeah. not going to get your deposit back for that apartment. Uh, I'm not. I'm already. I've, I think I've already lost it. I had to put up tarps years ago when they changed the windows and friggin because they, the, they did the thing on a windy day and the drywall was sprayed all over my living room. Uh, even with the tarps up. And then when I took the tarps down, some of the tape I put them up with took some of the ceiling coating with them. Oh, no. So this is my apartment now. As far as I know. Uh, but yeah, I have not found any Siege yet. Uh, I did order some sales Transformers off Amazon, but they did not get here yet. So I have nothing to report. There's a sale at Toys R Us as well. And I almost bought some stuff just because it was on sale. And I looked at it some more and I was like, this Toys R Us sales price is actually not very much of a sale. I am going to continue to wait and uh, and and see how Boxing Day looks. There's a lot of Cyberverse stuff and then, and then like Power of the Primes Inferno. Who when I I'm glad I didn't pick him up just because he was on sale because the sale price he was on was still higher than his normal price online. So, uh... I, I would like to pick that figure up, but I, I want to do so for around 20 Canadian dollars if I can. Um, so I haven't picked up anything new. I did open something I got at TFCon that I didn't really mess Ooh, with. Though. did you? Uh, I'm going to go pull that up. It's a fans project piece called Constructo Core. Ooh. It's the third, I think, retool of their steel core design, uh, this time done up in its generic construction drone form. And the big draw of this one is that it was uh, painted up to look all weathered. And I'll send you the TFCon uh, ad page. In photos, the weathering actually doesn't show up as well as it does in real life. Uh, this thing's like covered in weathering. It looks really cool. Um, and it has new arm mounted weapon thingies i say weapons it's a shovel and like a gas thing or a welding tool um he has a new chest piece uh, and like a rubber hose that connects to a little thing on the back end of that new chest piece uh i like the figure a lot uh it looks super sharp it's good weathering uh whatever the process was uh i would buy more figures with that kind of weathering uh, yeah. yeah you can see it somewhat uh, yeah it looks cool it, so this is what I saw that made me say, hey, I kind of want to pick this up. And the, in real life, the weathering actually gets a lot darker in the recesses. So it's like all that highlighting you can see, but then like the recesses, there's a lot more contrast in a good way. Um, yeah, this vehicle mode picture, you could make out the weathering better. All these robot mode pictures, it looks like they used a filter or something. It's like a, a little... vivid filter. Yeah, something kind of pumped it up a bit and actually diminished the appearance of the weathering in these photos. Um, yeah. I don't like it, it. 
it i was actually i double took when i took it out of the box at tfcon i was like holy crap like that's actually twice the weathering i was expecting because i was expecting like dry brushed highlights basically uh and it, it had full-on like it looked almost like airbrushed shading i'm not sure what the process was but it was twice the weathering you were expecting a drizzle and it was a tsunami oh no! actually tsunami is probably not twice a drizzle that's an interesting that's, multiplication. That is that's true. like a drizzle squared. Uh, yeah, it's an exponential drizzle. So, so know me. That's drizzle times drizzle. Well, that is drizzle squared. That's how math works. I remember. But uh, it's a good figure. I still I had all these trepidation when they put out the Grimlock Steel Core and TFCon Toronto of like, oh, is Steel Core still going to work for me? And it turns out I still really like Steel Core. I think it's still uh, a super solid design. Um, and it reminded me, I need to go pick up that bad cube Captain Huffy, uh, which is their original take on Huffer, who looks a lot more uh, like like their own thing. Uh, I checked some reviews. It's been out for a couple weeks, it turns out. And it sounds like it's a completely solid toy. A lot of people are not very excited about because it, it doesn't look like something. Um, combined with the part where it, it also kind of just looks like a robot that turns into a truck. I kind of like that part of it. Uh, I, I like how it's, it's ambitious, but quietly so. So I, I want to pick one of those up maybe... Uh, early next year unless a coupon happens before then but uh yeah that's about it for my on topic what i got this week other than that booster box uh i'm i'm very close to being complete on wave one of transformers tcg um i am one card away from being battle card complete and i ordered that card from the uk because it was extremely inexpensive to do so especially compared to ordering it from the united states uh and then other than that, I'm just I'm just chasing some character cards now, and that's once that, that game's out in Canada, that's gonna be a lot more of a simple thing to do, I think. Um it's a good game, by the way. Everyone should give it a try. Uh this is uh, you know the one of the tabletop centric WTF and TFW teams, so I know Seth's got my back. He plays a lot of card games. He's uh he's always slinging that cardboard, he's always uh shuffling that deck, rifflin. Rifflin those uh um sleeves uh oh, bridging I, those <laughs> i i did almost have to turn off your stream when i was watching it when you were using two plastic sleeves to protect your precious little card uh, board that's, that's squares not, that's called double sleeving uh use the lingo because the good people will get it i uh i double sleeve i don't actually i double sleeve my battle cards i triple sleeve my uh character cards why don't you just laminate them? That's not the same. Because <laughs> sleeving, you know you can undo if you want to, you know? Well, yeah, if you're a coward. No, it's not about whether or not you're going to do it. It's, it's just having dedication that power. to laminate it. It's having that power. And it, and it's uh, not only that, but it's the, exper- the it's hands-on experience. It's you, a cop-out. When you laminate, you're basically pushing a button. All right? When you, when you well, double sleeve. If you, if you use a laminator, yeah. Now, even even hand you don't even have to. You just get a roll of laminate and then just cut two pieces and then lay, then then it takes skill to make sure you don't just have a big ripple in it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's a quaint, it's a cute craft. It's cute, you know. 
It's like, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's for the dedicated. It's cute when kids, you know, make postcards or make little scrapbooks. And I'm not saying that they suck because they do it. I'm just saying they're, they're kids. And uh, double sleeving, that's what adults do. That's what adults do who love their cards. You know, get your fingers in the sleeve, pump the card in there, and make sure you're squeezing the air bubble out. Then you got to really, like, have some good uh, tensile tension going on to slide that sleeved the uh, card down into the second sleeve and make sure it gets in all the way to the bottom without the first sleeve popping off because that's embarrassing. And that's uh, what you—that's what adults do when they have this deluded notion that these things might have value one day, and they—they they might resell them. Okay, guess no. what? Okay, one, no. they're never going to be valuable. Two, you're never going to resell them. That's not just why laminate I do. them. That's not and, why I do it. and be a man. Because also, because also. And you don't get this from a laminate, trust me. Uh, double sleeving results in a shuffle feel that is unmatched. It's not Garbage just shuffle feel. It's not just oh, I got these glossy uh, plastic things. I'm shuffling uh, together. It's no I've got laminate this... has a texture. Yeah, yeah, okay, but a, a manly texture. It has, and you get a, grip. A very, very cute, a very cute, uh, perhaps even somewhat boyish texture for sure. But double sleeving, uh, gives you that slight interplay between the sleeves, uh, that very minor bit of air that just likes to linger because it likes you. And then when you shuffle them together in something good, like, you know, an Ultra Pro Eclipse with that matte slick on the back, it's like, and it just feels perfect. You know, they talk about mouthfeel for coffee. This is shuffle feel for cards. Air. There's air. There's not, air inside deteriorating the cardboard. There's not just air. It's not like it's not like oh here's some air. It's a passenger, all right? Because you squeeze the air yeah, out. It's, it's you leave deteriorating a the cardboard. Behind. Also, everything everything deteriorates. That's just a fact of life. You got to accept. You, you do. You don't double sleeve to preserve. You double sleeve uh, for the 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 hand feel of it. You double sleeve because you want to you want to get your hands on your cards and make sure they know you that they belong to you. That's why you that's why you double sleeve. No, the the casuals double sleeve, the elite, um, uh, laminate, and the god tier seal their cards in amber. Yeah, that's all. I mean, that's some funny fairy tale stuff. And I mean, that's cute. Like I said, you know, you know, I. I don't. I don't come seal down. it in amber like an ancient insect. I, I think. I think that writing fan fiction is is fine, especially if it's about cards. But you also got to you got to you got to accept what reality is, and reality is double sleeving. You know, a good family friendly practice. Uh, it means you can you can play to your heart's content without worrying about any unforeseen incidents happening. Uh, it's it, and it feels so good. Double sleeve uh, you in your grave. Bring it, bring it. I will, I will, I will have excellent <laughs> body feel uh, when they when they start shuffling me together with all the other ones, and then we're all like, we're all like, yeah, no, we like it down here because we got passengers. Uh we were talking about what we got this week, and uh, and now we're talking about what we got this week that maybe wasn't on topic. Uh, all right. So, Seth, uh, I don't know a comfortable way to ask this, but did you get anything that was off topic this week? Uh, I did. Um, it, I, I got the air quality made awful around here because there's another massive fire. So that's fun. 
I somewhat assumed that given your Twitter feed, you were once again more on the cusp of it and not in the danger zone of it. Yeah, well, this fire is farther away than the fire last year. Okay. So that's great, except for the way that the wind blows. Um, we're in the direct line of where the smoke is headed. That's not good. No. So I'm wearing masks outside again. I was about to say, I hope you guys And everything masks. smells, <laughs> and you can't open the windows, and it sucks. That happened over um, in BC, too. Um, they had a, an air quality warning, as I'm assuming you've got as well, and my mom had to wear a mask to go everywhere. Uh, she didn't close all the windows right away, and then after a day or two, closed all the windows, and then said, I wish I'd closed all the windows earlier, because uh, it, it sucked. Um. And that is awful. Uh, so yeah. I hope that but the, the, this fire is uh, way worse as far as death toll and damage. Yes. Uh, the town of Paradise was like ninety percent burned down. That's man, which is real bad. <laughs> Where like last year, Santa Rosa like lost a, like two neighborhoods, which is also terrible. But um, it was less than. F- five percent of all of santa rosa santa rosa huge yeah proportionality <laughs> stepped in on this one and ah, that's a shame I, yeah. I so far it seems like i everyone i know is more or less out of harm's way which uh has put the fire um not in the forefront of my mind but i, I do want to say if we got any listeners who are in harm's way please please stay safe uh and listen to whatever people tell you to do as far as getting away from where the fire is uh that's that's the worst thing to have hubris about this is going like no my house is fine um yeah no one of our uh trucks delivered to the safeway in that town before it burned down like by a couple hours so like he he didn't even know a fire was happening he was still on his route and they called him being like hey don't go to that safeway he was like i already went to the safeway it was fine why what's going on (laughs) i dropped off everything i was in and out real quick it was great and they're like yeah that that burned down that there's no safe way there anymore is it like turn around look behind you (laughs) yeah (laughs) thank god i had these headphones on or i would have panicked uh that's awful I, i i hope that that you know what else can you say other than i hope it gets sorted uh yeah but anyway, uh, toys. I'm um, glad you yes. got a mask. I was worried. I was, I was pretty sure you had a mask, but I was worried it would be a case of having to really imply that maybe you should have a mask. No, we bought like a 10-pack last year. So. Okay. Also, we're good, how, we're good for a couple years now. Friggin', this, yeah. Don't annual worry. We fire have, season. We have some from last time. We're good. <laughs> That's messed up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but at least man. we're prepared. Yeah, yeah. Um so toys um so i went to target yesterday and i go into the star wars section as i do mm-hmm. and i see the big boxes of the big dopey guy from solo that nobody wants oh with the slug body under the skirt yeah, yeah. and there was like eight boxes and i was like oh man these are all the stupid slug guy that nobody wants and i just start looking through them anyway four of them were gamorian guards <laughs> so i finally got the gamorian guard hey and his big giant mouth that opens and his big furry underpants 
You can get a you can get a make a custom brown robe for him and then make him into a friar tuck toy. Yeah. That's some hey, hey, huh? Deep cut. I'm proud Deep of that cut. one. Yeah. That reminds me, I saw Should some be proud of it. I saw some new black series at that Dufferin Mall uh when I was there the other week. Uh the Walmart had some of those solo ones, like the fur coat woman who's the the love interest in solo. I forgot her name. Uh-huh. Queera. I haven't with a Q. Yes. Uh that's this is okay, no, it's it's Qui-Gon, not Keygon, and it's Kira because there's no you. Because Star Wars is lousy, ridiculous. Anyway, it's the Game of Thrones lady. Yeah, I saw I saw her, and I was like, oh, you know, if I had ended up liking the cast of that movie, I I, I was still sour that a the the robot lady ended up being a disappointment in the movie, and that b apparently her toy also ended up being a disappointment. But at the Toys R Us, I, I meant to tell you, I saw Zuckus. Oh, I didn't pick him up, but I saw him. Yes, I heard that they are a Toys R Us thing in Canada, and they're a Disney store thing here in the United States. That's super weird because of we America. Also, we also have the Disney store. So I went to the Disney store website the morning of Zuckus being available and ordered my Zuckus, and he arrived. So I got Zuckus. Hey. The only problem with my Zuckus, uh, I got to try to like blast him with a blow dryer or something, but his right hand, like where it twists, like the swivel in the wrist, it's that thing where you try to turn his wrist and like you feel like the sponginess and then you let go and it just sort of goes back, which means you're twisting the peg instead of the peg turning. That's, yeah, that's the NECA classic. That's my least favorite thing. Yeah, so his wrist is currently stuck where it's at. Luckily, it's turned palm up, so you could put him in his gun-holding position from the movie, Mm -hmm. where his right hand is sort of holding the lower bit, like, under the barrel. There's, like, this little bracket that comes down, and then his left hand is sort of on top of the gun. So you can put him into that pose fine, um, which is fine because he's not really a dynamic little grub. So, uh, but yeah, I really like the paint job and stuff on him though. He, he, looked great. he looks real good. I, I got tempted to pick him up and then I was like, if I pick him up, then I have to track down black series bounty hunters and I don't want to. So I put him back. But he, he well, the good really news good. would be is Farlom is still relatively current. Uh, Dangar is current. So those wouldn't be too tough to get. And then they're doing the um uh the guy wow, what's that name of that line? Ah, I can't remember the name of the line. It's a real dumb name. Um but they're they're re releasing a bunch of older figures. Oh the, I okay, so in my head it's the like new heads and stuff. The rescan line, that's not what it's called, but that's No. It's like ah oh, man, it's like something like uh I can't think I can't even think of another word that's like it. Yeah. But yeah, it's like different packaging and new paint jobs and new heads for characters with like human faces like Anakin Skywalker. Um but it it's like a lot of figures that are hard to get now or like really expensive on the the secondary market. Um so the other bounty hunters Boba Fett, IG88 and Bosk are all going to be 
uh, re-released in that. Huh. And uh, I think I'm going to get the IG-88 and hope that they fixed his stupid-ass legs because I need to use a stand to hold up my IG-88. Like, not a stand to, like, balance him, but to literally hold him up because his weird, gimpy legs are all messed up. I wonder if they're also recently released and or re-released, if they might just be an SDCC thing next year. Or at least oh, a box whole, set. The whole gang? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you could totally do like one of those elaborate um, Comic-Con boxes where it's like the the interior of the Star Destroyer. Yeah. It seems and, like like something where someone would be saying, "Oh wait, we didn't do that already," and then would just yeah. like you know, yeah. And you could even include a, a a Darth Vader. They got a couple of those. Yeah, well, just throw another one in. Yeah, and he'll be like right up. Like you could arrange them in the box, so he's like right up in Boba Fett's face, being like, "No disintegrations, jerk." You're always disintegrating stuff. No disintegrations, buttwad. Classic Darth Vader line. You poser. I killed children. You're not even even a real boy. You're a clone. I killed children. I wish Darth Vader said that more often. Like, just when people don't listen to him. I killed a bunch of little children you think i'm not gonna force choke you through this monitor (laughs) (laughs) this to me that should have that should have become like somewhere like darth vader's catchphrase like no matter what happens they're like well you can't do this and he'll just turn around with a dramatic sting it'll be like i've killed children and then like walk away (laughs) yeah well like from return of the jedi when he's on on the the new death star and he's telling the uh the dude to like hustle up and finish building it the guy's like oh we can't do that it's too much work and he's like i kill children (laughs) exactly also the emperor's gonna be here tomorrow (laughs) yeah that too and you know who? he's the one that told me to kill children you know who told me to kill children (laughs) hustle up uh well congrats on the star wars news in general yeah, I also got uh, Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Oh, yeah, is that what that little, photo was? Little tiny ones. Are they from those Christmas ornament things, or are they like a little no. tchotchke thing? Yeah, they're like a little tchotchke thing. So, like, I I think I saw them last year and didn't get them, and was like, man, I should have just gotten them. And then I saw them at Target last night, and I was like, five bucks, whatever, throw it in the basket. Um, So, it's it's this company that they do like miniature versions of like board games and miniature versions of like old toys from the eighties. And they're just called world smallest. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, they function, there's little levers on their back. So they punch and their heads do pop up, but oh. also their heads don't really stay down very well. <laughs> um, and you wouldn't actually want to play rock'em sock'em robots with these things it 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 it's ridiculous still though having the heads um, pop up is a step above what is necessary right and like i was saying i'm like i i am every year 
it like pops into my head at some point and I always think like why haven't one of these companies that license random nonsense and make toys of why has no one licensed Rock'em Sock'em Robots and made Rock'em Sock'em Robot action figures so these aren't that because they're not really posable um, except for their spring loaded arms Mm. Um, you can't move their legs or anything so they're very the, they're not action figures. It's like, like but, action uh, figures, but of the original Rock'em Sock'em Robot robots. Yeah. Like, they do everything the original robots do. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, I'm like, why why hasn't somebody done that, like, posable Rock'em Sock'em Robot robots? I was about to say, well, this is kind of a sideways answer. I was about to say, well, they did they did mean to do toys for real steel, but then I was like, did was real steel actually Rock'em Sock'em Robots, or is that just a, a coinky dink that it's about boxing robots? Uh I'm sure there was some some uh inspiration taken from or like an homage to yeah. there was a I, there was a a knockoff of rock'em sock'em robots with real steel um but it was like done by a different company so they couldn't call it like real steel edition rock'em sock'em robots and they had to like yeah. change it just enough to not get their pantsuit off but like where 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 are these companies why aren't they do- like there aren't even Funko Pops of them, are there? Well, now and you they said do it. everything. They do everything. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. One of them is in my house now. <laughs> yeah, I have one in my house too. I've complained about that already. Okay, so my this girlfriend is not it. bought one. Ugh. This is not it. Uh but hang on, can I just send you this link? Can uh, I just send you this link? Sure. Well, I can't stop you. I was seeing if this is a link I can actually send that would do something. Uh, so this is going to oh, be a funny looking I thought page. you were asking my permission. But there's a whole bunch of pictures here of... It's not a Funko Pop. No. It is a Funko, apparently. Yeah, they don't look like they do anything. All Wacky right. wobbler. They're probably like bobbleheads or something, but oh. like... Maybe their whole thing wobbles, not one, just their head. One of the first image results is also that world's smallest line. It's showing the things you bought along with Stretch Armstrong and G.I. Joe. Yeah. That's kind of neat that the Stretch Armstrong apparently works. Uh, G.I. Joe does not look very articulated. <laughs> well, and it's like original Joe, right? Yeah. He's got the real hair or the lifelike hair. Yeah. Oh, the Rock'em Sock'ems came with the bases, too. Yeah, they're just little plastic things you could stick them on. Yeah. So if you did try to play it, it gives you something to hold them down. It leads you to believe that you can play with them. Yeah. Man, I feel like Rock'em Sock'em Robots had Funko Pops. This is going to become a problem. I mean, they didn't show up yet on my image search. Then they didn't, but... Well, if there were Funko Pops, Rock'em Sock'em Robots. It would just irritate me that, like, nobody else has done it yet. Like, an actual posable figure. Yeah. And then if somebody did, it would be stupid McFarlane and they'd be terrible. (laughs) Uh, 
I mean, sometimes, well, I mean, with robots, maybe McFarlane's articulation style might work because they do articulated figures. It's just that they look like robot people because they have all these like huge detents in all the joints, except it's like a Call of Duty person. So they've got all these huge detents in their cloth elbow. Yeah, or it's articulated, but if you put it in any pose except for the pose that it was sculpted to be, then it looks like their shoulder has been dislocated or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, now I'm I've seeing been a bunch of too many times. This is a bad image search. I'm closing it. Yeah, you should. Is there like a weird guy in there for no reason? Like, no, it's just my instead of a weird guy. Ad? Instead of a weird guy, it was just more Funko Pops. <laughs> the weird guy is like somebody standing next to their Funko Pop collection. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, um, I think that's all my on topic or off topics. All right. Well, uh, you could do some, and yeah, I got my initial Kickstarter order of uh, Mythic Legions: Age of Decay, Advent of oh, Decay. Oh, Advent of Aging, of de- decosity. Uh, and uh, my order did not have my sword horseman in it, so I have to email them to say I'm one of the ones who you need to send one to later. Uh, that was in the I got an emails. email about what to do if you didn't get that. I need to open the rest of mine, though, because one of my Vampire Legion builders had two of the same shoulder pads, so I need to also tell them I need another shoulder pad. Man, I just got bad paint jobs. Um, <laughs> At least I had all my parts. Yeah, I, I still got to open up uh, Grisha the Slitherer um, and the other Vampire Legion builder uh, to, to check them. But uh, yeah, that, that was a shame, because I've never had that kind of problem with these before. But other, otherwise, they're fine. Like, the, uh, like I opened up Gadriel the winged angel lady she is like probably the most impressive of the figures that have new tooling because she's just yeah, got everything really going cool. on yeah um the wings are way better than on the ravens uh and and uh, the adapter works pretty well i wish the adapter hooked in on the top as well because i have had it happen where i picked her up to pose her legs and then her wings fell off with the entire adapter um uh-huh. it stays in pretty well but it, the moment you pick her up and tip her to one side you know it can just gravity can yank it out eventually um the paintwork is is super good the new bodies uh have, have got very good articulation i like that there is now a waist joint and a torso joint on the thinner bodies um my main problem is that they are suffering from the problem that initial mythic legion suffered from which is they're still kind of figuring the tolerances out on a more granular level like they're they're fine but I noticed in Mythic Legions that the early wave stuff kind of felt like a little bit squishier than some of the later wave stuff. And I think this is exemplified by the actual best figure in in this wave, which is Brother Mandibulus, who feels better than any other Mythic Legion figure I've handled to date. And he's also made almost entirely of like original wave pieces that have just been what it feels like to me is they have been tweaked to perfection. Um so he, he feels just markedly better than any of the female body or thin body figures, um, as he should, because he's, you know, a lot of older parts. But it, it, it makes me feel like uh, whatever they do for, like, wave 2.75 is going to be, like, really incredible. <laughs> uh, not to say that the intervening waves will be bad. It's just, like, it was a thing I noticed right away. It's, like, the, the older Mythic Legion thing that happened to me before happened where I stood all the figures up. They were standing all solidly. And then about two hours later, I heard a thunk. And I had to look over and see, like, okay, who fell down? And then I found who fell down. Um, 
because they the, and, and people on Twitter said this as well. It seems like really the ankle um, connections on a lot of the figures yes. are a lot looser in, in that not, not in the ankle joint uh, specifically, but also the peg that goes up into the lower leg that holds the foot on. And that all combines together into a, a state where a figure that's standing, if you have them standing a certain way, their legs will just start to twist open um, and then they'll fall over. Well, the only the only figure of the ones I opened, and I didn't open all of them because I'm fixing on selling a, 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 some of them, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> that anything is too loose on is the uh, um, a Templar lady and one of her hips is really loose to where she'll start eventually doing the splits and fall over um now i i have encountered that ankle peg coming out easy on a few of them but on pretty much all of them my ankle situation has been the ankles are far too tight to the point where i have to like hair dry blast them just to start getting them moved oh i had that and on, then even on... after they're freed up a little bit they don't they only want to be at certain angles yeah i had that and on, none of on, those uh... angles are standing straight up <laughs> i had that on lucretia the vampire queen uh one of her feet the ankle peg that went into the leg was super loose but the ankle joint was straight up paint stuck uh yeah. Because her armor is like fully painted, uh, which looks, looks good. But yeah, it's like I think that it's important to recognize the imperfections because they are still very good toys that uh, on the thin line, um, they fall on the positive side where most NECA stuff falls on the negative side, uh, where Mythic Legions has that kind of squish now and then to the overall figure. Except Mythic Legions, the squish feels more friendly to play. And it feels like something like it, it, it's something that doesn't feel like a mistake the way that NECA stuff tends to feel to me. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm generally happy with them. Brother Mandibulus is, is kind of like the golden child of that wave. And he's my favorite design. So I'm, I'm happy about that, uh, especially David Fake Eyes revealed to me via an Instagram reply that Brother Mandibulus's lower jaw does move. It's very stuck out of the package. But you can close it and open it, and I was really happy to discover that. Oh, I didn't realize that. I just thought he was screaming all the time. I would have assumed that until David Fake Eyes told me otherwise. Um, he then went on to warn me to also not remove the the eye visor too many times because it might crack. Um, and I, I already had the thing happen where I thought that I could flip the eye visor up into the helmet, and I did. And when I pulled it back down, it had bitten a, a gouge out of the paint in the forehead of his helmet. Uh, and left a physical divot in the forehead of his helmet. <laughs> yeah, so, I haven't even tried taking the helmet off. I, do, I just don't flip the visor up. Is what I'll say. <laughs> uh, the, I will. The upside is I used a black pen and filled in the divot with black ink, and because of the weathering on his helmet, it actually looks completely intentional now. Uh, so you know, little little accidents, little happy accidents. Um, yeah. but yeah, I'm, no, I'm, I think. Oh, good. Go, huh? go ahead. No, go ahead. All right, I was going to say, I'm, I'm I'm happy with the figures. I'm going to grab a few more off Big Bad Toy Store to fill in some gaps, and I've got another order of them um, from the pre-orders from the spring that'll be coming in early next year. Uh, Did you get any goblins? I got the King Goblin. Oh, man, the, you're, you've messed up. 
I thought you're the- going to get the king goblin and you're going to be pissed you don't have all the goblins. I mean, I could just order the other goblins over time. You probably just should get all the goblins I mean, as soon I'll, as possible. Maybe I'll get the other goblin. Goblins are great. Oh, right. the goblins are real good. They They're look real they good. look real good. The aside from being good-looking little figures, the the rust paint work on the one like Nubik or whatever, the one who has oh. the really rusty helmet, like that looks sick. Uh, yeah no they're they're all really cool the goblins are really good oh oh um, and uh, and also on uh morgolith the uh the queen of the undead uh skeleton undead i had uh-huh. i had the same thing you were describing uh the holes on her cape are punched way too close to the edge of the cape yeah it's ridiculous i am al- <laughs> i am utterly prepared for that to rip i'm not even worried anymore i just think it's inevitable <laughs> so i'm like i'm like i have scotch tape i can tape it back up if it rips i can get fabric glue i think i have some from the the one sixth judge dread i got a few years ago so i can fix it but yeah whoever punched the holes on the purple capes for morgolith was a bad person who punched them like a way too close to the edge of the cape and and b because her torso is slimmer they're punched for the wider male torso it feels like so it's a lot there's a lot more bunching going on between her shoulder blades. Um so yeah, Morgolith's cape was a was a bit of a trial uh for me to deal with. Um otherwise she's fine. Uh, she looks great. Uh I I forgot she has like the scariest skeleton butcher knife I've ever seen uh <laughs> as one of her accessories. <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah, Seth, um... you're you're gonna say something. Yeah, so I couldn't remember if we had ordered any extras, like any add-ons, or if we just got the all-in. And then one day a little box showed up. And there were a couple extras that we ordered. Yay! <laughs> so I had gotten an extra of the um, vampire, uh, generic vampire lady mm-hmm. uh, builder. And uh, my girlfriend had gotten an extra elf troop builder. That vampire troop builder comes with a friggin' load of stuff. Yeah, so does the elf warrior. There's like three heads. Yeah. I I was kind of amazed, and I'm really glad I ordered two more of the vampires in the spring pre-order. Because uh, I ordered the, like in my Kickstarter thing, I got the vampire weapon pack. Uh-huh. And between the weapon pack and having like just two of those legion builders, I'm kind of like... I could actually do with more than two Legion builders. There's a lot of stuff here uh, that all looks yeah. really good. And I kind of want to get another one of the Vampire Lieutenant as well. I didn't realize he was going to come with three different heads. Um, he's the not Legion builder nameless vampire who's on the yeah. the elf body. He comes with like three heads. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't really impressed with that guy in the pictures, but he's like way cooler in person. Yeah, I, I really want to get a second one now. Um... I might, yeah, I might ditch my Goro pre-order on Big Bad Toy Store to grab like some more vampires. Uh, that Storm Collectibles Goro, because I went to watch reviews, and it's like, that figure looks really good, but there's all these really big, like, comma, but, dot, 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 about that figure. And I'm like, uh, for his price, I don't really want there to be that many comma, but, dot, dot, dot qualities. It's like, Goro's really large. But his lower set of arms don't have a butterfly joint. Goro is very impressive. But his ankle joints are terrible and he has trouble standing if his legs are too far apart. And I'm like, I don't want that. That sounds not cool. So I might ditch Goro and focus on Mythic Legions instead. 
I haven't decided. Someone out there, tell me if that Goro is good whenever this actually goes up. <laughs> um, oh, I do remember something else that I got. All right. And it's also Kickstarter related. Hey. <clears throat> so Steamforge Games did the Kickstarter for um, the Critical Role miniatures. Yes. And so uh, not long after the Kickstarter ended, they did a pre-order for an additional f- miniature um, that wasn't part of the Kickstarter for the Kenku child, Kiri. And I got an email yesterday saying, hey, we're Steamforge Games and your Kiri has shipped. Here's the tracking number. And I went, oh, sweet. I didn't expect that anytime soon. Let me tap the, the tracking number and, and see what day it might show up. And the, the, the tracking came up and it said, your item's been delivered. <laughs> so it was waiting for me when I got home. <laughs> so I got my little Kiri. Oh, that's some pretty good speed, especially on a Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah. That's borderline like a Christmas present. It's just like, I, did, I didn't think this existed yet. So happy birthday. Yeah. Also, hey, your thing shipped. Days ago. <laughs> I've had that happen. Here's the I, tracking number. <laughs> someone emailed me saying, hey, we've sent you something. And the email showed up. And then literally a minute later, there was a knock at the door. And I just got so freaked out. <laughs> I was like, hold hold on a second. <laughs> We're watching you. We have cameras in your house. It's like, why are you doing that with your voice? It sounds like you, you're, you're pretending like you have a thing on your voice. But the, you're just lowering the pitch of your voice. So... Also, this is a t- written. You're typing all that out. This is a written email. You're you're typing that you're lowering your voice. I don't understand. Stop asking so many questions. <laughs> Another knock at the door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excellent. Um, yeah. So, sometime after Thanksgiving, I have to start painting again. I had to take down my uh, my painting area to prepare for Thanksgiving. Um, and then the deal is as soon as Thanksgiving is over, I'm, I got to start cranking out the paint jobs because, uh, my D and D character died and I have to do a new character. So I need to paint up a new mini. You should have, um, uh, ripped up your character sheet when he died. Well, I do my character sheet on iPad. So that would have been really expensive. That would just prove uh, how much you loved your character. <laughs> Well, one of the weirdest things is, um, like all the other players are more upset about it than I am <laughs> that my character died. Glad that idiot's like, dead. <laughs> a bunch of us went out to dinner afterwards, and just all night it was like, "Oh man, it really sucks." Like your character was cool. I'm like, I'm already over it. And then, like for a couple of days, my girlfriend, who's the cleric of the party, she's like, "Oh, I screwed up. I should have been able to save you." I'm like, "Don't." Why are we still worrying about this? <laughs> like, I'm fine. And like, even the DM was came up to me like afterwards, and he's like, "So you know, is everything cool?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna wig out." The best part it's would be fine. It's just a game. It's <laughs> if, just a character. I make a new character. It's fine. <laughs> if you said I'm fine, and then they're like, "I'm not talking about you." <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. And so, like, as I told the DM, I'm like, look, I'm not happy my character died, but I'm kind of excited to get to try something else. Because this is the only game I've been playing in. So I've been playing this one character for months and months and months, and mm. it, it will be useful as I slowly creep toward the idea of doing a, a D&D podcast to get experience in other classes. Yeah, then so, you know where you're coming from and where you're going to. Yeah. So I already have a miniature that I'm going to use. I just got to paint it. Um, then uh, one of the other guys asked if uh, if I could paint his miniature for him, and I said yes, but not until after Thanksgiving. Um, also, this so. is my pricing. This is my commission rate. This is- <laughs> uh, well, what what I kind of decided was like for any of these people I'm playing with, if they ask, I will paint them a miniature. No problem. A miniature. If they want more, then I'm going to need something out of the deal <laughs> because I got, I've, I've only just recently started painting again and I already managed to build like this ridiculous backlog of stuff to paint. <laughs> yep. I hear you. I, I've, I've avoided buying stuff because I'm like, no, I actually have too much to paint right now that I haven't been. I need to get back on that. Like that new Games Workshop's putting out a really cool look, looking game called Blackstone Fortress. And I was like, oh, that looks sick. Uh, and then there was like, pre-orders up now. And I was like, I can't do that. That game has like another 20 miniatures in it. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't even put together freaking kill team terrain. Yeah. I've still got to finish painting my Tyranids ridiculous it's ridiculous i don't need the stress in my life it's just a hobby and then someone's like i'm not talking about you <laughs> <laughs> uh anyway yeah anyway, that's all my problems <laughs> <laughs> i was about to say you're talking about thanks thanksgiving is that something that you guys do around black friday is that like a like a pregame yeah it's like the it's the warm-up to black friday Okay. It's where like families get together and they strategize what stores they're going to go to in what order. Yeah. And they, they arm themselves and they go like, all right, like this store is going to be worth it to, to get some blood on our shoes. But this one, well, that that's if you don't have to work the day before black Friday, some people have to work that day. Oh, they still do that in your country. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 All right. Well, they do it more now. Like they didn't do it very much in the past, but they've, they've started doing it more. Yeah, to give people the opportunity to, uh, you know, make hamburgers at Wendy's or whatever. Mm. No, it's still a fine tradition. That's the important thing. It's a fine tradition. Black Friday. Yeah. Uh, well, Seth, I think that brings us to the end of the show. So, uh, what? When is Black Friday? <laughs> is that next weekend? It's- like a week yes. from now yep okay well a week from two days from now yeah right okay <laughs> well uh i'll talk to you after i guess after black friday then um, i can't i can't wait till it's over can't can't wait to hear some of your your hot sick retail hall stories from good old oh. f- fun traditional black friday times i, I don't do it I knocked over. I have to work Black Friday. I knocked over two children and a little man. 
just a little old man on a walker. I just knocked him over to get that microwave. You know, those Black Friday war stories people always have. No, I have to work Black Friday because uh, my employers hate capitalism. Uh, I just hate Black Friday. This is me. I mean, I'm from another country, but uh... don't you like watching the the video of people smashing their way into a store and trampling each other like animals while they fight over toasters? Like in you know a younger me, uh, when that seemed like it was a thing that was only happening in the monitor, it was kind of fun. <laughs> but like eventually, it was, became like, wait, those are those are humans. Oh wait, this is this is us now. Oh now now all the Canadian websites are doing Cyber Monday and Black Friday. Cyber Monday. What a anyway. And then we and then we had the worst thing a couple of years ago. Multiple Canadian companies all did the thing where they're like, "Hey, it's time for Black Friday sales." Oh no, that's terrible. Is oh, I got really mad. I ripped up the flyer when I saw that. I did the th- here's the <laughs> here's the thing with Cyber Monday. Um it's called Cyber Monday because it started when the internet was new and everything was cyber and a lot of people either didn't have internet at home or they had faster internet at work. So they would wait till they got to work on Monday and then do internet shopping. Um People do internet shopping all the time now mm-hmm. from their phones. So there's no reason to have a special day. Also, there's there are sh- stores that do physical in-store Cyber Mondays. I know. it's With Cyber it's Monday stupid. physical doorbusters. Also, doorbuster. Is that that Amazon store where you don't have employees and you just steal things? I, I don't know. People just walk in and steal things. I think that's the gimmick. <laughs> It's the friggin' the mainstreaming of the phrase doorbuster. The definition being you busted the door down and thus have started to become an unruly mob. Yeah. If you do it right, you might get a TV for three hundred bucks off. Uh. So you know, have fun on Black Friday, everyone. Um. Uh, take care of yourselves, Seth. Take care of yourself. I mean, we've got one more of these before Black Friday, but uh. In the meantime, thank you all for listening. We will talk to you later. And uh, no matter where you are, stay safe. But if you're, if you're, you know, in danger, stay extra safe. And if you actually need to be working or be out there on Black Friday, stay super safe. You know, um, no one will notice if the mob comes for you and you just punch the mob to get them to back off. No one will see that. <laughs> the mob has it coming. You know, maybe don't use a fist. Like use a use a toaster. Then you can say like, hey, someone threw a toaster. But. Uh, Yeah, until then, we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. It means, but you got some badass perpetrators that are here to stay.